welcome to another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts here with my friend and colleague, Mr. Ken Miller. Ken, how are you? Good, Wendy. How's it going? Oh, you know, it's as good as it always is when we have these uh, when we have these weekly meetings. So yep. yeah. um, it's a, it's a good day. You know, woke up, so it can't be a bad day, right? It cannot be. <laughs> um, well, today we're actually we want to say thank you because we got a lot of comments from our last episode regarding doing cardio and different types of formats. Mm -hmm. And some of the great questions that we got were, well, how do I know if I'm ready? And you know what, that I think is a perfect lead way into what we're going to talk about today. Cause I think it's important that we do talk about trying to find out where your cardio is, how you can assess it, and then how can you reassess it to see if you're gaining the benefits that you want um, on top of trying to maybe hit specific goals, because you know, that's important. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is one of those things where I, you know, I have a client who, you know, and he's been a client for some time, right? A few years. And cardio has always been one of those components of the workout that's been a struggle because he's he's a busy, very, very busy dad of two. You know, he consults internationally. So for me to tell him, I need you to work out for one, you know, use your home gym equipment, but I also need you to, to add some more time and intensity when it comes to your cardio workout, right? So, um, you know, and he's always like, how hard do I, you know, I'm carrying a little extra weight. How hard do I need to work out? It's like, come on, man, just go outside, get out there. Let's, you know, let's just get the, get the heart and lungs going. And at that point, it's at its simplest, just get moving, do something consistent where we elevate the heart rate and get your cardiorespiratory uh, system going. But you know, he's also a numbers guy. He wants to know how am I improving? How, you know, how am I, how much better am I now than I was when I first started? So I do have to kind of get past the very simplistic of just get outside and move to, all right, here's how you performed initially. All right. And here's after four to six weeks of doing this, um, here's where you are now. Now look at look at how the numbers have improved for you. Look so I think look, look how much better you are. Baby's all grown up. Yes. Well, and I think it's important to say too, if you want to get a true assessment, it's important that you actually have someone there with you. Because a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about today does mm -hmm. require, you know, taking some notes, writing down your heart rate at different times, and then maybe putting a mathematical, you know, calculation behind it. And again, same thing with some of my clients. They're very um, specific. They're numbers guys. They want to know. Mm -hmm. And and then when I tell them they have to hit a certain number, they actually hit it. And then that's their ultimate goal. And if they did it for the duration, then it's a win for everyone. And, you know, one of the new things I was excited about, you know, being a part of NASM was some of the new cardio assessments that they did bring to the forefront um, based on the latest research, which, again, we're re we're re research kind of company and kind of people. Um, and one of the things was they um, they wrote about was the ventilatory um, threshold one. And that's just a savvy way of saying, let's see how long you can go until you start to put a certain kind of strenuous activity to whatever piece of equipment that you're on. And then we're going to see what your heart rate is. And then that's going to be what they call your, your threshold at that point. And the reason why doing something like that could be important is it doesn't really require anything besides a way to, you know, see what your heart rate is at that point. Um, but it allows us to see how long you went. It allows you to see the speed and the grade. And it depends on what kind of piece of equipment that you're on. 
but it also lets you know that you, if you stay within that, you're at a 50-50%, which means you're using 50% carbs and 50% uh, fats as your fuel source. So you're going to get a ton of benefit out of that when you're actually at that point in your workout or your cardio workout. And so I think it's a win-win. And the way that you know you determine if you're at that level is by talking to someone continuously yep. for 20 seconds. Right. And that's, I mean, you don't need, it's not like in college when, you know, I don't know what exercise phys or kines classes you took, but I remember, you know, when it came to assessing cardio compared to what we have right now, what you're talking about with the VT1, our cardio assessments, we had a, um, it was a, a respirometer, something that measures oh, yeah. your, your submax VO2. So you had to plug your nose and your, your mouth was covered and you, we had to measure what your threshold was. So all those things, what, what you're talking about, Wendy, when it comes to um, oxygen and uh, carbon dioxide utilization and, and consumption, that's what we had. But that's all we had at the time. And this is tw 25 years ago. When we're talking about, um, you know, doing a, a submax and a max VO2. And my first job out of college was for corporate wellness. Well, you know, bring me now to where we are today. People aren't prepared to do the intensities of a submax or a max VO2. So times have, you know, to your point earlier, times have definitely changed. And to have it to where I don't have to have a mask on and I just have to look at, okay, well, what does the display say as far as the amount of work and effort that you're putting out there? And then me, me using my observational skills, just can you talk for about 20 seconds in a complete sentence, right? Versus like, and then yesterday we went, you know, to, you know, if they can't do it, then they're working way too hard for what we're looking at for this level of assessment. So the VT1, um, ventilatory threshold one, has been a really good and very applicable assessment mm -hmm. when it comes to, to cardio compared to what was out there before, where it's just overkill for our typical well, yeah. population. And, and, and in all reality, who has that type of equipment? I mean, there are some gyms that you can go and pay a trainer and they will find your true VO2 max. And if you are at, you know, a, a um, an athlete and you need to know what that is, if it's something that you're doing for a specific goal, having those specific numbers is important. And I'm not saying like, you know, that, uh, that it's not important to do, but I'm just talking about someone like myself I don't really need mm -hmm. to know what my true VO2 max is, but I do want to maximize my time spending doing cardio and trying to make sure too that I'm actually using different sources for my fuel. And remember, the number one source of fuel should be your carbs, but everyone wants to burn some fat. So why not do a 50-50, you know, and then at that point, we're making sure that we've got, you know, we've got a good way of getting my cardio done. I know I'm going to get some benefit out of it. I'm challenging myself, but I'm also not challenging myself to where I'm kind of burning and utilizing things that I shouldn't be utilizing at that point in time. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing we, we, or you all as listeners need to understand is that this is, this can be done on that person that is just getting off the couch and starting, starting their workout plan, right? Not just that person that's been working out and it's like, Oh, by the way, let's, you know, let's determine how hard I should be working out. This could be for that person that 
is just starting off. So just like you would do any kind of movement assessment and figuring out, okay, well, what kind of flexibility routine is going to be right for you? What kind of core strengthening routine is going to be right for you at this point in time for what your um, strengths are, as well as your weaknesses are, what your deficits are movement wise. But now it kind of gives us a little narrower, a narrower view on, okay, how hard could you or should you be working out initially? But I think uh, from a trainer standpoint or a user standpoint, if you understand how to do a little self-assessment here, um, you know, what adjustments you need to make, because compared to other um, cardio assessments out there where a lot of times it's just flat out wrong, right? Like just looking at the, um, the you know, 220 minus your, minus your age, right? And then kind of ballparking it from there because that had no representation of your physical conditioning as you're able to do cardio at that point in time. So if you can do this, like you said, Wendy, if you have somebody watching you and, and being able to do the, you know, get a second set of eyes on you while you're doing this and give you a little uh, third person perspective, then of course that's going to be the better way about it. But if, if you understand this and you can do this on yourself, then now you have a better idea of, of where you could or should be at that point in time takes a little Absolutely. bit of the guesswork out of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's important. And those of you guys that are just joining, Ken Miller and I on Random Fit this week, we're talking about cardio assessments. And as Ken just mentioned, I think it's important to note that, you know, doing the 220 minus your age and then times 0.65, let's say, because you want to do 65% of, you know, what, what they would determine like your VO2 max, that was shown to be incorrect. And the reason why they've kind of taken that off of kind of what we've done in the past was because it was never really intended to be something that we used to, you know, give our clients numbers. It was just a generalization. When we're talking about cardio specifically, they were using that as an example. And same thing with some of the Carbonian theories and different types of formulas that are out there. Age can be a factor. And so remember, there's we've talked about this numerous times on our show, as well as in other places, that I may be a certain age, but I may act a lot younger, or I may be in way better health, you know, physically and mentally and cardiovascularly than what my numerical age is. And I mean, yeah. there's, there's people out there that are in their eighties running marathons and winning their age groups. And they're barely even tired. Um, in comparison to someone like me trying to run a marathon right now, I probably would feel like I couldn't make it past mile number 10 if I tried. And so, you know, that was one of the, the reasons why they are starting to really kind of pinpoint the importance of knowing where is your cardio state to start and then where do you want to be? And so as Ken and I talked about, you know, yes, um, you know, just going and doing something is good, but if you want to kind of to, to, to watch yourself grow the, the VT one, just as a quick setup and reminder, basically you're going to pick the piece of machinery you want to do it on. You're going to do it anywhere, each stage of evaluation for anywhere from one to three minutes. And then at that point, you're going to continuously talk to your partner. And if you can do it with ease, then you're going to keep on going and, and do it again. You're going to increase the rate. You're going to do it for another one to three minutes. Then you're going to talk to your partner and, it, and you're going all the way up until it becomes difficult, but, but not choppy. I mean, you want to see elevation in the rib cage. You want it to be strenuous, but you also don't want it to be above that because then that's too much. And if you're not sure, then do another stage and then see how you feel on that time frame that you gave yourself. And if it's really difficult, then you know that the, the stage that you were on at that speed and grade and all that stuff is where you need to be for your your um, 
your workout in order to be maximizing that 50 50 split um if you're not ready for that you don't have a partner one of the easiest things is the rockport walk test so ken you want to talk to us about that a little bit well it's it in my opinion it's one of the easiest <laughs> easiest things to do because basically you just walk for what is it one and a half miles so that one uh, you just walk a mile walk a mile see yeah even i overcomplicated it from there so you just walk you just walk a mile and look at your time right yeah. so you know you go at your pace you go you find a pace that's comfortable for you not something that's going to be strenuous but again it is a walk test right and i think i i even had a client start jogging on that one i go well if you're jogging, then this probably isn't the assessment for you, right? So if you have that person that, again, deconditioned, maybe overweight, maybe have they might have some mild orthopedic issues, let's say with their foot and ankle, knee or their hip, something that's that's bearable. Again, a lot of times when I get somebody referred to me from a from a doctor or physician standpoint, they have a lot of times they'll have pre-existing issues, and the reasons why they come to me is because they're trying to resolve those issues, but if they're cleared and it is something that is manageable, right? Cause not everybody's without pain, but if it's a, a threshold of, of discomfort and pain that is manageable and is cleared for that level of intensity, as long as we're not making it worse, you know, this is, this is actually a pretty good assessment to start with because you're walking, you know, you're, you're walking for that mile and you're just taking the time. So, and you can even, you know, you can walk with them. Like for my, my block, it's it's measured out, so I know where they start and then where they mm -hmm. end. That it's actually measured out for that for that mile. So yeah, and if, I mean, even yeah. if they can't do it with you, or you know, they want to be outside. I mean, just yeah. make sure that they know where the one mile marker is. And their homework could be like, take your dog for a walk, or if you know that the dog has a lot of stops, don't take a dog. You know, and then just walk as fast as you possibly can for one mile, and then record your time. And if they have a heart yeah. rate monitor and can actually record their heart rate at the end of that too, I find that very beneficial because I do want to see, you know, if there was a decrease when they go back and reassess that. But, yeah. you know, having as many starting points, especially when you're trying to design the perfect program, knowing truly where you're starting and watching yourself become successful throughout like, oh my goodness, when I walked a mile, it took me this long and now I can do it where I'm ready to jog or something else and go to something different. And then the, like a progression would be the one and a half mile test. And that's actually where you're running. Yep. And so for one and a half miles, you would actually, and this is someone that's more conditioned or more of the fitter population, run a, uh, one and a half miles and then record your heart rate and record your time. So those yep. are two easy options that you can do on the treadmill outside. You know, I always try to say, keep it level because unless you're gonna always repeat that same path, yep. because I know in my neighborhood, I know exactly the mile markers, but it's super hilly in certain areas. And so, you know, the first time I do it, I wanna make sure every time I reassess, I reassess the same way so I can see the positive changes that you're making. Right. Um, and as far as locations go, again, Wendy and I both talked about having pre-measured and just so you know, when I pre-measured that, it was I was using my phone and using a little, you know, the, the phone app as far as tracking where I am for exercise and using the phone to measure that out. So I've I've done it a few times. So I've ha I've got my best estimate. But if you really want to know what your mile marker is, what your mile and a half marker is, the the best, probably most efficient way is if you have a local track, which is typically uh -huh. a quarter mile track. 
um, because they'll have that marked off. Okay, well, for a quarter mile, but you know that where you're starting and where you're ending is going to be the same distance every time, right? And it's going to be consistent. But if you're doing like what Wendy and I are doing, we know where our markers are in our own respective neighborhoods or where my gym is. Um, as long as you're doing the same start and stop position. So whether, you know, if you're off by 15 yards, big deal. Doesn't matter. As long as you're consistent with that. And if you can show improvement, like you said, Wendy, in how fast you get it done and what your heart rate response is, right? So if your heart rate is five beats less on average, when you've reassessed, you know that your, your heart is responding or your cardiorespiratory system is responding by either being more efficient, or let's say if you happen to have lost a few extra pounds, then it's, it has to work that work that much less to support the mass that's moving around the block. Yeah. And, and, you know, so we've talked about kind of different um, ways that, you know, like if you're just starting out that you could do the, the walking test, you know, if you want to do the VT one test, I think that's super important. If you're going from a walk to a run and you kind of want to see where you go from that, but then of course we have to take it to the other extreme. You know, you have high, high intensity athletes, or you've got your weekend warriors. You've got those people that love to run and they love to challenge themselves at a higher level then when there's VT1, there's going to be a VT2. And of course, the VT2 is the same thing, ventilatory threshold two. This is used mainly for more fit populations. But what's cool about that is, you know, you've got to make sure, for example, if you're running, that you can withstand high intensity pace for 20 minutes. And so you can do this outside. You can do this on, um, you know, on a treadmill. I usually think the treadmill is easier because I yeah. say easier, easier to assess because you're going to need specific information at that time to gather the data that you need. But for example, you're going to actually get your client to warm up anywhere or yourself one to three minutes or, or so until you can get a good pace where you're challenging yourself. It's as high as you can possibly stand and where you think you possibly will be for 20 minutes. And the last five minutes of that 20 minutes, you're going to take the heart rate each minute on the minute. And then at that point, you're going to take those five, you're going to average that out and then times it by 0.95. So 95%. And the reason it's 95% is because usually these are performed anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes. They're able to do this now in 20 minutes by changing that 0.5 for your buffer time. And then you can record that data and then again, reassess. And just like we do in our workouts and just like we do with everything, you want to reassess every four to six weeks and make sure that you're progressing. And once they complete that 20 minutes, you're done testing, but definitely, you know, cool down a little bit and then you're good to go. But you're also challenging your anaerobic system. So you're actually challenging your heart even more by pushing it to its limits um, while you're while you're in the process of getting this data. Yeah, and I think the the one thing when it comes to explaining this to trainers, uh, this VT2, not only the, the biggest point is that this is a conditioned athlete. Now, we don't condition doesn't mean that they have to be a marathon runner. They have to be a triathlete. It's just somebody who can sustain a, a significant amount of work and intensity over a period of time. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have to be that person that's 10 percent body fat and runs, you know, 30, 40 miles a week, right? But as long as they have some sustained endurance, they have some capacity work, they can do this. So, um, you know, you can use your rower and that's the bigger, the bigger point I want to point out to people is that it doesn't have to be the treadmill. Like 
a lot of times we kind of pigeonhole assessments as treadmill assessments, right? It could mm -hmm. be uh, on your on your concept two row, or it could be on your skill mill, something that they're going to do. So it doesn't have to be a butt kicking, you know, like you have your, your bucket to puke in next to you and your hydration right next to you while you're doing this. It doesn't have to be that low. If, if, if that's the case, then this, this assessment is not, you know, it's, it's not uh, going to be the right one for you because it's, you're going to be performing at a much lower level to where you, you definitely don't need a, something to uh, relieve yourself in because the intensity is, is too high. So it just an avid exerciser at, at any level, as long as, you know, the if VT one's too easy, put them mm -hmm. into the next one. It's going to be a relative, it's going to be relative to that client either way. Yep. And those of you guys that are joining Ken and I, we're talking about cardio assessments here on random fit. And I think it's important to kind of know, I mean, ultimately the reason why we're talking about this is because it's, it, to me, I find it very motivational. It's motivational for me personally. It's motivational, I think, for my clients or anyone that we have a starting point, because if you don't have if you don't have a starting point, then how are you ever going to see where you're progressing? You may feel better. You may look better. But I want I mean, I want the data. I want to know yeah. that I, that you're making progress. I want to know that I'm making progress, like besides getting on scale, which I'm not a fan of, as well as, you know, obviously how you're close fit. That's another way to determine it. But, you know, one other assessment can I'd like to talk about before we, we close this out. Um, and I know that you're going to be a really great person to probably talk about it is if you've got a client that's walking in, they can't walk a mile yet. They really mm -hmm. kind of know where they stand. But, you know, what is another assessment that you do? Um, you know, I personally do the three minute test, but I don't know if that's where you go as well. Um, that that is basically where where my mind went for a lot of new clients as well, because, again, if if you're in a typical gym where you may not have a track, you may not have a have a, a, a running lap or a track within your facility, or you don't have access to a college track, the three minute step test is, is the next, the next best thing, because now you're just having to step up in a rhythmic pattern, right? So it's, if you have a metronome, I, I forget what the count is, Wendy, do you remember what the, what the tempo has to be on that metronome? I don't remember, but I, there's an app, there's an app yeah. for it. And yeah, so you just press your app and it'll actually go, doom, 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 you know, like yeah. where your feet are supposed to hit. Um, yeah. So when you're, when you're stepping up, 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 down, down, up, up, down. And I see it kind of bobbing your head, you know, there's, you can put it, I forget. Is there a song that can, you can play to keep somebody on? No, not like, only, uh, like, not like when you do. The only song that uh, I know about that gets me in trouble is when I do my CPR class and I start singing "Staying Alive." Staying Alive. That's. Um, uh, or, I get or, in trouble yeah. every single time. That and when I'm, you know, asking if Annie's okay, I start doing the Michael Jackson. Annie, are you okay? And I get in trouble for that one too. So. Do you do the? Apparently, I'm very musical, and I just yeah. didn't know it. Yeah, you don't wear the one glove, do you? When you do that. Uh, <laughs> um, the sequence glove? No, no sequence glove. No sequence say, glove. No. Maybe that's um, next time. <laughs> so Next for the three, yeah for the three minute step test that's just another one you just need an elevated platform um i believe 18 inches and you're just stepping up stepping down for the three minutes and you are going to take your heart rate and then look at the recovery from the assessment itself and from there you're going to gauge how hard the well how fast the heart is recovering from, from that assessment process. So again, space limited, you need an elevated platform. I think if you're using a basic riser uh, or mm -hmm. a, a step, 
it takes two risers for the traditional step, two risers underneath, so the two two little elevators to to bring it up to the to the height of the um, of the box. So it's one of the easier ones, and if they can move for three minutes to to a beat, uh, this is basically the go-to. One one of my first jobs. This was the assessment that we did at the time because of how easy it was, and you only needed a, a step to step up and step down from. But as somebody who's watching, you just want to make sure again, somebody who's newly exercising, you want to watch for fatigue, watch for, and you can also use it as a compensation, watch where the knees are going, see how their overall mm -hmm. body posture and alignment is. And you can actually kill two birds with one stone looking at one, how they're responding from a cardiorespiratory standpoint, but also mechanically, what is their quality of movement? Yeah. And then think about how you feel. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to accomplish. And, and to your point, that's what I look at with my clients as well. How are their feet when they approach the box or when they come down? How is their form when they step up? Do they have to use their body to push them up? Can they do it with ease? Because then too, you know, when you're thinking about your workout, you can program, you know, something that's going to benefit them on what they can do to clean up their movement patterns. Or if you're doing it yourself, watch yourself in a mirror and make your own notes when you're doing this too. So, I mean, all of this stuff can be found um, online. Again, I I love talking about assessments and we really, really appreciate the comment. Like, can you go over some assessments? Cause I'm not really sure, um, you know, what the information yeah. we provided last week, or I guess it was last week when we talked about the different formats you want to make sure that you're ready. And this is a good way. Take these assessments, think about what Ken and I said, write down the, the ways to do them correctly put yourself through it so you know which one may be the great, um, you know, the great or the best one for you when determining where to start. And, and then at that point, you're going to be so, so successful. So we really appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate your comments. And that's what this is all about. So if you have other ones, you know, please always, always feel free to comment and, and let us know because we want to bring the information that you want to hear. And we want to make sure that we're helping you in every way possible. Right. And yeah, we, we can't thank you all enough. And especially if we can bring context to how you move your body and, and basically how you're gauging your improvement. Or if if you realize, you know what, I'm just I'm treading. Well. I think I'm working out hard, but I don't know how hard I'm working. But if I need to figure out, OK, where should I start? Hey, it's never it's never too late to assess whether it's the cardio assessment or movement assessment, other things that we talk about as far as kind of getting your finger on the pulse of things on your workout routine, because that's what Random Fit is all about. So, Wendy, um, any last points? I think, you know, when it comes to the assessments, just know that there, there, are, there are a few out there. You just have to make sure that as you read up on it, as you study it, find the one, figure out what the one that's, you know, and be honest with yourself on what's going to be right for you and or your clients. So, you know, you, you have a lot of options. Hopefully you put enough out there for you to kind of understand what it's about, but not so much where you're kind of overwhelmed with what to do. Yep. Nope. Just remember, if you're not assessing, you're guessing. So don't be a guesser. Just, <laughs> Just you know, find on. your numbers. <laughs> Just find your numbers, <laughs> whatever numbers they may be. So again, as always, guys, thank you. And I can't, and I can't say it enough. Thank you so much for listening and or watching us on our one of our uh, social media platforms. But um, like, follow, subscribe, and more importantly, comment like what we have been getting. And that's where this topic came from. Um, how else do we know what to do as far as giving you information that you guys can appreciate? So until next time, on behalf of Wendy and I on Random Fit, take care and be well.